Listen up, everyone. Important warning for this episode. As I've emphasized before, you should never do breathing exercises in water or before training in water. So you should not use the Wim Hof method without proper supervision, A, and B, never do it preceding training in water or in water. Shallow water blackouts can be fatal, and I've seen some very, very scary accidents in the past, including a very close friend who recently remained unconscious underwater at a public pool for almost four minutes and remained unconscious for 20 minutes. Uh, He has a small son, could have died in the process. Do not make that mistake. With all that said, please enjoy. So I'm recording. Uh, Could you just tell me maybe what you had for breakfast? Yeah, nothing. I had nothing for breakfast. <laughs> I never eat uh, breakfast. Okay. Oh, yeah, just once a day. All right. We're going to talk about that for sure. Let me just pause this. Optimal minimal. At this altitude, I can run flat out for a half mile before my hands start shaking. Can I ask you a personal question? Now it is in the perfect time. What if I did the opposite? I'm a cybernetic organism, living tissue over metal endoskeleton. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I get asked all the time what I would take if I could only take one supplement. The answer is invariably Athletic Greens. I view it as all-in-one nutritional insurance. I recommended it, in fact, in the four-hour body. This is more than 10 years ago, and I did not get paid to do so. With approximately 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, you'd be very hard-pressed to find a more nutrient-dense and comprehensive formula on the market. It has multivitamins, multimineral greens complex, probiotics and prebiotics for gut health, an immunity formula, digestive enzymes, adaptogens, and much more. I usually take it once or twice a day just to make sure I've covered my bases if I miss anything I'm not aware of. Of course, I focus on nutrient-dense meals to begin with. That's the basis. But Athletic Greens makes it easy to get a lot of nutrition when whole foods aren't readily available. From travel packets, I always have them in my bag when I'm zipping around. Right now, Athletic Greens is giving my audience a special offer on top of their all-in-one formula, which is a free vitamin D supplement and five free travel packs with your first subscription purchase. Many of us are deficient in vitamin D. I found that true for myself, which is usually produced in our bodies from sun exposure. So adding a vitamin D supplement to your daily routine is a great option for additional immune support. Support your immunity, gut health, and energy by visiting athleticgreens.com slash TFS. You'll receive up to a year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your subscription. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash TFS, as in Tim Ferriss show. Athleticgreens.com slash TFS. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Why, hello, lemurs and leprechauns. This is Tim Ferriss, and welcome to another episode of The Tim Ferriss Show, where it is my job to deconstruct world-class performers, whether they are actors like Arnold Schwarzenegger, military strategists, or generals like Stanley McChrystal, chess prodigies like Joss Waitzkin, or, in this particular case, a miracle worker of sorts. In fact, you could say he is a daredevil. Wim Hof 
otherwise known as the Iceman, is a Dutch world record holder, adventurer, certainly Daredevil, and he's nicknamed the Iceman for his ability to withstand extreme cold. Uh, he's the creator of the Wim Hof Method and holds more than 20 world records. He is, in my mind, the outlier of outliers, not because he does so many absurd things and proves that these impossibles are in fact possible, but he routinely asks scientists to scrutinize and validate these feats. That's what makes him very, very unique and very interesting for this type of conversation. What are some of his feats? Well, in 2007, he climbed path the death zone altitude on Mount Everest, which is around uh, 7,500 meters, wearing nothing but shorts. In 2009, he completed a full marathon above the polar circle in Finland in temperatures close to negative 20 degrees Celsius. Again, dressed in nothing but shorts. <laughs> he holds the Guinness world record for the longest ice bath, which is around at one hour, 53 minutes and 12 seconds. But it's not just cold. He has run full marathons in the Namib desert without any water. He has also had toxins injected into himself under doctor supervision and demonstrated that he can effectively control his autonomic immune response. This is crazy talk. Uh, these are things that fly in the face of many textbooks. And now he is featured in textbooks himself because he has documented all of this. And it's not just a whim specialty. He is not a mutant. Uh, he is able to train others to achieve many of these same effects and abilities, in some cases with just four days of training. So we'll dig into all of this and more. I loved this conversation. He is a human guinea pig of human guinea pigs, certainly, and makes me feel like an amateur. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Wim Hof. Welcome to the show, Wim. I'm so pleased to have you. Great. Thank you for welcoming me this way. Thank you very much. I've been a fan for quite a few years because we have, as we mentioned before we started recording, a mutual friend in Ray Cronice, and he was in my second book. So I looked very closely at cold exposure, and of course, you, the Iceman, came up over and over again. So it's really nice to finally chat with you. It's, I feel like it's been a long time coming and also had two past guests or three past guests on this podcast, uh, Laird Hamilton and Brian McKenzie and also um, Gabby Reese, uh, Laird's wife, who are big fans of your methods and techniques who have been practicing it. Ah. So they are, uh, you, you have a lot, a lot of fans out there, I'm sure, listening as well. And I thought we could just start with uh, your name. I've always loved your name. Is Wim your full name? Yes, W-I-M, Wim. And, and does, that, does it have any particular meaning, or how did your parents choose that name? Wim is a, a common name in, the, in Holland, in the Netherlands. Uh, but I looked it up, uh, and uh, it says it's the protector of the people. You know, any name has got some etymological uh, uh, roots to it. My name is uh, the, the protector of people. My brother's name, who is my twin brother, is André. André, en français, uh, uh, André. Andrew, like Andrew. He is the protector of goods. So... Who's better? I don't know. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose you need both. You need both yeah. types of protection, right? And uh, yes. you have a, such a fascinating story, and you have a lot of accolades, a lot of records. I think more than 20 world records at this point, it yes. seems. Uh, what was the first world record that you set? The first was in Paris, uh, just staying half an hour in, uh, immersed in ice. And uh, 12 days later, I repeated uh, uh, the record time and make it, uh, made, made it uh, an hour in uh, Hollywood. 
actually. <laughs> yes. And I saw one also. I mean, you've you've been you spent a lot of time in ice baths, and I've. Uh, uh, largely influenced by you and a handful of other people, Tim Noakes, Ray, and a, a huge fan of ice baths, and my fans always complain about it, but I've seen you in so many containers full of ice. I saw one where it looks like there was a lot of Chinese or Japanese in the background. Uh, what, is the, what has been the most challenging cold exposure uh, experience that you've had, whether it's for records or anything else? Maybe... Uh Losing my sight while I was swimming underneath a, a ice deck of uh, almost one meter, uh, I had no goggles on, so I lost sight at 35 meters, something like uh, 40 yards, and uh, I lost the hole. And uh, yeah, things like that. Shit, shit happens. It happened over there, right there, with a meter ice deck uh, above me. So. Uh, yeah, that was some great experience. Another one was uh, losing my uh, way uh, on Mount Everest in shorts and, uh, uh, at uh, like 18,000 feet in a, in a blizzard, in a, like a whiteout. So things like that happen. Yeah, and uh, they are challenging. But then it throws me back to, you know, the depth of myself, to, which is trust and confidence. And, and I got it. What do you say to yourself in one of those moments? So I guess physiologically, did your, did your retinas just freeze? Or when you were swimming under the ice deck, in a, in a moment like that, when many people would panic, I mean, did you panic? If so, how, what was the mental self-talk when yeah. you realized that was happening? Very interesting. It is the stress level at, the, at that moment is absent. It's not there. I'm just dealing with the situation. And mm. it, uh, it has been shown in the university that our stress levels, the stress hormone levels, are able to be raised uh, lying in bed more than somebody in fear for the first time going into a bungee jump. Oh, and going those, into a, bu- uh, uh, ju- doing a bungee jump for the first time. Yeah, yeah, but not me, but because a bungee jump, you know, you, you are attached. But very unexpected situations in, in nature, like a blizzard or swimming beneath uh, ice and uh, losing uh, the hole because your eyesight is gone, things like that, or uh, climbing without gear, uh, steep mountains and uh, having cramps. And what do you do at that moment? And uh, that, that's exactly what I learned, how to raise consciously the stress hormone level, purely controlled, and I'm able to deal with the situation at that moment uh, without panicking. And I think that's one of the crucial findings which could benefit for human mankind as it is, you know, uh, very subjected to uh, stress all the time, panicking, having fear, and all that. And I learned in nature how to deal with that. And the cold brought me, uh, brought me that science, brought me that uh, knowledge, wisdom, actually. And the, the raising of stress hormones, so, so controlling something that has long been thought to be part of the autonomous nervous system, something that you have no control over, right? And we'll get to the breathing, because breathing is very interesting since it's both aut- autonomous, but you can, you can consciously control it and practice different methods. Uh, 
I think it was it was certainly in the Vice documentary that recently came out, which I recommend to everyone, and I'll link to in the show notes. But was it in 2011 that you were injected with some type of virus or bacteria to exactly. see if you could control the immune response? That was at the uh, Dutch, I'm going to mispronounce this, the Radboud University? Exactly. Radboud University in Holland and the Intensive Care Nuclear Science. I uh, underwent a, an experiment. And they injected me with an endotoxin, mm-hmm. with a toxin, actually, which is a part of a bacteria. And that creates a, a very dramatic uh, immune response. And as we have no control over the immune response in our body, they thought I was not able to do it as well as expected because nobody showed to be able to suppress the immune response because it is part of the autonomic nervous system. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, nobody is able to do that uh, until now. I showed uh, that I was very able within a quarter of an hour instead of hours uh, suffering from uncontrolled shivering, fever, headaches and all, all that. Uh, I showed within a quarter of an hour uh, to have uh, control complete over the symptoms and uh, also the cytokines, which is our, which are the inflammatory beings in the right. blood created by the immune response. And I showed in the blood and by blood results to suppress them dramatically uh, within a quarter. And then they told me, okay, but you are an exception that confirms the rule because you, yeah, yeah, you have been training so many years, you are the Iceman, you do exceptional uh, features, but nobody is able to do that without that proper training of so many years. And I told them, no, I can train them within 10 days. And then the professor was really challenged because if this group would show to be able within 10 days uh, to uh, be able to influence deeply into the autonomic nervous system related to the immune system, then that's for the first time in the scientific history. So, but he, he saw the indication of the possibility, uh, but still thought those guys are not going to be able to do that within 10 days. And you know what? It, it wasn't within 10 days. It was in with four days of training that I made them able to undergo the same experiment. That, uh, that means uh, the, the injection of the endotoxin and have them within a quarter of an hour completely control over their immune system related to the autonomic nervous system. So they showed a 100% score of everybody to be able within a couple of days to go to tap into the autonomic nervous system related to the immune system. And yeah, and the training about the training prior to it, uh, we had our beers, you know, in the evening and uh, (laughs) a a lot of music and very relaxed. And uh, their mindset, I said, hey, guys, uh, probably you, uh, you guys are the new gladiators. Uh, well, we are going to win the the worst war ever. 
which uh, produced uh, 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 the much uh, the, the most casualties, agony, pain, and all that. And that's the bacteria. Mm-hmm. That's the bacille. That's the virus. And we're gonna win this war. Are you with me? I, uh, that's the way I talk to them. And so they had a mindset. So in the evening we had a relaxed. You know, it was like a hippie movement, but this is a new revolution. And in four days' time, they were able, at the fourth day, without prior experience in the cold, they were able to go in uh, shorts at by, by a minus 10. That's about, I don't know, in, 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 uh, Fahrenheit, Celsius. This is Celsius. I mean, it's freezing cold. Yeah, yeah, it's and, probably in the twenties. Probably in the yes, in the twenties, below the freezing. 20s. Yeah, and then uh, uh, for hours and hours we were uh, going uphill and up to mountain, and we arrived at the summit after hours, and it was minus twenty seven, minus twenty seven Celsius. That uh, that is uh, more than uh, minus uh, that, uh, and then twenties. It's uh, probably ten, so, something like that. Mm-hmm. And we danced the Harlem Shake up, uh, up there. <laughs> then I knew these guys, these guys are ready. In four days' time, when they will be uh, internalized in the, in the hospital and, uh, and injected with the endotoxin, they will be able. Because I feel when somebody is uh, back into its natural state of his or hers physiology. Mm-hmm. And I know how to do that. The, the, the cold trained me. The cold is my teacher. And with the, with these subjects, I'm so curious to ask because uh, the, I, I mean, I am certainly not as proficient as you are in any of these techniques, but I've, I've enjoyed experimenting over the last 10 years and writing about these short experiments, whether it's related to breath holding with David Blaine or, or, or other aspects. Um, obviously you're a professional and I am not, but I'm so, I'd be very curious to hear you uh, perhaps elaborate, for instance, on the first day of training with these subjects bef- uh, in preparation to be injected four days later. Sure. Uh, what did the first day of training look like for them? Um, just, in the morning, at ease, at eight o'clock, without food intake, we do uh, breathing, and they lie on the ground all because that's the most relaxed uh, pose. And uh, if you are relaxed, you are able to store up a whole lot, whole uh, lot more uh, oxygen than when in tension or in posture. So I say to them, uh, just lay down, uh, relax. Now we are going to begin. Just breathe in deeply and let go. Breathe in deeply, let go. Make it a rhythm. Breathe in deeply, let go. Not fully out, but fully in. And let go. And uh, repeat that about 30, 40 times until these indications or symptoms uh, come by. And that means... Lightheadedness, loose in the body, feeling loose in the body, tingling, contractions. That's because carbon dioxide goes out, oxygen is roaming freely throughout the body, and the pH levels rise. They are optimized. 
so they get to their best condition. And uh, that's proven. That's proven. And they saw uh, uh, when we do this, uh, they saw they saw all these results chemically. Then once you feel positively charged with all these symptoms of lightheadedness, feeling loose, contractions and tingling in the body, ask them, just breathe in deeply, let go. And now the last time, breathe in deeply, let go. And after letting go, after exhalation, stop. Refrain from breathing, there's no need. We get a whole lot of oxygen and uh, uh, measurement devices are not able to detect how much. It's more than 100%, that's my opinion, but devices still are not able to detect that. They only can go up to uh, 100%, as they say. But the 100%, the body is able to store up more oxygen than measurement devices of now are able to uh, measure. Mm-hmm. So. Then after one and a half minutes, uh, then you see that the measurement device shows 100%. And then it goes dramatically down afterwards. And you're using a pulse oximeter, like something that you clip on your yes. finger? Mm-hmm. Yes. Pulse oximeter. So, so you need a heartbeat. You have a heartbeat. And you have the saturation of the oxygen in, inside the blood. So mm-hmm. the amount of oxygen. So after one and a half minutes, you see with everybody that the uh, saturation of the blood is going down. And you know, people with COPD, mm-hmm. that, that's lung diseases and all that, they, they suffer from real severe COPD when they have 85. We go to 90, to 80, 70, 60, 50. People die at 50 and 40, uh, uh, 40% saturation in the blood. We go past, we go even to 30, and then the device, measurement device, the oximeter shuts down. It is not measuring anymore, but we even go past that one. Now, why don't you, why don't the subjects pass out at this point? Uh, They don't pass out uh, because they are alkaline. I see. Their uh, pH degrees uh, are really perfect at that moment. And in, instead of a person who is dying, he is very acidic. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. So uh, because we are so alkaline, people maybe sometimes are able to pass out, but just two seconds or three seconds because they, get, uh, they are out of their conditioned control. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in a, in a, you know, after exercising... They have a re, a regain not only control in those moments and, and those situations. They, uh, they win a new part in the brain. They get in very deep in the brain. And it's all new terrain. It's like right. a baby. A baby has no problem with, uh, with her legs. But there are no motoric, motorical neurons to the legs yet. Right. So uh, we are going into different parts of the brain where there is where the, the guy or the 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 the, uh, the girl that has been right. So it's logic that the uh, people are able to pass out, but nothing happens because they are alkaline. Mm-hmm. So they just wake up, and mostly 
uh, or mostly, almost always, they wake up very happy. And uh, it's like a drug uh, experience. Mm -hmm. So, but that's besides of the real effect I'm uh, trying to, uh, not not trying, which we showed scientifically, is to be able to tap into the immune system in all the layers. Those are three layers. And normally uh, we are not able to get into the second and the third layer. And I say now, we have found a key to the uh, second and the, and the third layer. That means the non-specific immune system and the specific adaptive immune system. And that makes us looking to disease completely different because our ability is so much more. And uh, uh, we have been um, uh, publishing, uh, uh, people in Boston, they published it throughout America on the universities, Chapter 22 on Biology Now. And it tells that we have tapped into the autonomic nervous system, into the innate, innate immune system, which was up till now not possible. And we did it 100% with a group of nine people uh, showing that they were very able to do it all, all of them within a quarter of an hour and have spectacular results. So it, that it is science now, and now it needs to get to every person in the world how to tap into the deeper layers of our physiology without training, you know, years and years and years and being yogis or being uh, the super athletes and all that. No, my aim is within a couple of days, we are all able to tap into the deepest layers of our physiology and reset our immune system, bring it under our will. And that's my aim. But then uh, we make fun too uh, and all that, but for ser uh, being serious, that's my goal. Right. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it's very hard to get the, I think you're approaching it in a very intelligent way because it's, it's very hard to get truly serious work done if you're serious all the time. So yeah, I, yes. I, I enjoy, it's very fascinating for me as a teacher to watch how you coach your subjects because you use beer, you have guitar, and uh, I think it's a very important component. Um, it, it, would yes. seem, it would seem to be. And I wanted to ask you about the breathing on day one, just one more time, which is, yes. is, is the breathing exercise on day one something that then the subjects use during the injection or before the injection, or is it an exercise to prove to them that they can do more than they think they can do, and it's more of a confidence builder that you use to set the tone for the rest of the training? Yes, both. So it's a confidence builder and is very effective at the moment when something uh, like an injection is coming and they know it will result in a dramatic uh, immune response and they have to build up and, and make alert their shield or their prote protective uh, uh, a lines of uh, of defense, which is the immune system. Yes, so both, both. And is this something that you can do after the fact? So, for instance, um, at this point with your uh, your level of proficiency, if you were to contract a disease without realizing it, 
and then to get very sick, would you be able to reverse that? Or is it something that needs to be, uh, is that, sh- does the shield need to be activated beforehand in order for you to control that autonomous, so-called re- autonomous response? Interesting. Uh, very nice. Uh, it's both preventive and healing. So once a, a, a specific hormone or molecule must be generated to get to a, a, an, a, an invader, mm-hmm. a non-self invader in the body, which could be a bacteria, a virus, or a bacille, which got through the first uh, uh, two lines of defense, then the third line is more specific. But it takes normally like weeks or sometimes it's not traceable because a, 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 an invader is mutating. But uh, we have now uh, a method that is able to tap into the third layer and make the, nuns, uh, the specific uh, adaptive immune system uh, uh, rapidly active. Mm-hmm. Even after uh, something comes in, uh, so uh, it's both uh, preventive, uh, but it is also when you feel you become sick, so a, an invader has got, gotten in, mm-hmm. then you are still very able to restore the balance within. Got it. Yes. And um, the, if, if we're looking at the, the explanation that the scientists have at this point for your ability and your subject's ability to protect themselves or shield themselves. Uh, it seemed like one hypothesis was you being able to increase, I think, noradrenaline or norepinephrine levels in the body. Yes. Uh, yes. Do you agree with that or do you think there are other, uh, do you have other uh, yes. theories? I do. I do. I'd love to it's hear. Not, it's, it's like if you have HIV, and then the immune system is still looking for answers up till a moment that it is not able to specify anymore what's going on. And then we get AIDS. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that means that all the defense systems are shut down. Now, we have shown by norepinephrine and noradrenaline, adrenaline, uh, that we can uh, suppress the inflammation. That means the inflammatory bodies and creating an immune response. And we suppressed it. That would be like uh, shutting down the immune system. That makes us, uh, uh, following the scientific uh, logic, uh, that makes us more vulnerable. No, what we do, and they still got to find out, but I just use my natural logic. Uh, and you can read upon in the in the in the in the papers um, that we have found a way to awaken the third line, which normally takes weeks or months to uh, to uh, find a specific hormone or molecule, which then is uh, uh, going uh, for the target cell to go on the membrane and to. Uh, kill the cell. So that's interesting. It's 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 almost like internal drug development. You're trying to find the lock that uh, I'm sorry, the key that fits the proper lock, but you're doing it internally. And yes. that normally takes a very long time biologically yes. to yes. to to uh, sort of uh, to conclude with, but you're accelerating that process. Exactly. And then these hormones are not needed anymore. 
hmm. because the specific hormone, uh, the specific uh, molecule gets on the cell membrane, and then all this uh, uh, like fire uh, people, uh, uh, which is noradrenaline, gets throughout the system, and the epinephrine uh, as well, and they suppress the inflammation, the the, the action, and uh, but that is only possible when. The, uh, the target is already uh, annihilated mm-hmm. when the target has a specific molecule on it because of the third line of defense. Right. And that's, that, that's what we found. We found a way. And it's also Dr. Kevin Tracy from Manhattan, New York, who tells that. He is very much, he's an authority in the biochemistry. And uh, 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 I worked with him in 2007 mm-hmm. and I showed... I was able in his uh, institute uh, to suppress or to influence the vague nerve, which is... Oh, right, the vagus nerve, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now uh, he told in nature, he told <clears throat> immunity does not come without neural regulation. Mm-hmm. They found a way. So what do you now, for instance, I was uh, I did my uh, undergraduate for a very short period of time Uh, in college. I studied neuroscience. And I remember when I was uh, in college, there was a professor there who determined that, for instance, the neurons in the hippocampus could actually be regenerated. And this was very, very big, big news because people had assumed for a very long time in a number of parts of the brain that neurons could not be degenerated or regenerated. Basically, as you got older, you just lost neuronal function and it could not be restored. Now we know that's not true, right? And so you're having this a similar experience where you are proving to people that things are possible that were thought impossible. What, what do you think... What other impossibles do you think we will prove are possible in the next, say, five years in your kind of area of experimentation? Very, very nice thought and a very good question. Uh, I think uh, depression, for example, and the brains itself. Uh, We are able to tap into the brains and do so much more, influence so much more, uh, and, uh, uh, which is related to the uh, hypothalamus, mm-hmm. uh, the pineal gland, the pituitary gland, the hippocampus, and the amygdala, the seed of emotion. All these are part and around the uh, brainstem, which is the reptilian brain, the primitive brain. And because of our comfort way of living and behavior, uh, this part doesn't get enough uh, stimulation. Right. We're, Not, we're untrained. <laughs> yes. They, it doesn't get this stimulation nor oxygen. Hmm. So there is a certain kind of deregulating pH level going on. It's just to a lack of uh, oxygen. It, it, there is no action, no stimulation. So in time, it begins to malfunction. And that's, uh, 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 yeah, that, that's actually, uh, yeah, a sort of a logic. So, uh, we suffer from a whole lot, for example, of depression in the Western world because, uh, because we go too much into uh, the, the neocortex, the, the superficial brain, the new brain, and we have to do all kinds of things and di- deadlines and worries, and we cannot stop it, and it consumes all the energy. What I do and learn 
is to go into the brainstem again. The, 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 the simplicity of our reptilian brain, the primitive brain, the brainstem, which is related to all these beautiful uh, glands over there, which is the pineal gland, the pituitary gland, and the, and the controller of us, which is the uh, hypothalamus. Right. And the seat of emotion itself, which is the amygdala. Uh, uh, it's all there. And so I found a way to get into that and show just by this example of uh, ours to lying in bed, people are able to produce more adrenaline than somebody who is in fear going into a bungee jump for the first time. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Right. That, that, that means fear, emotion uncontrollable emotions and fear, we are able to control that. And that's because we tap controlled into the brainstem and produce any adrenaline or epinephrine or uh, 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 all these, all these uh, uh, glands, uh, no, not glands, hormones we need. And it's the pineal gland in the, in the finally... Uh, which is the control of all the other glands in our body. So we are able now to tap into that. So the coming five years, I want to eradicate uh, depression. I want to eradicate uh, the, the uh, yeah, actually a, a disease. I know there are, are big words, but we are into that. I'm not only into that. It's uh, also professors, biochemists, mm -hmm. who stand my point, and they see It's so simple, so accessible, and so effective, but it needs to be translated into our infrastructure of uh, thinking as well as of interests. Right. It needs to cooperate with schooling. Now we got on the university. That's nice. It's coming top down because all, if the U.S. universities are taking it on, then soon all the universities in the world will follow. Mm -hmm. So we find, uh, uh, the, uh, okay, I rest my point for, for now. <laughs> and with, uh, uh, no, no, the, uh, so with, for instance, depression. So there, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who have uh, bouts with depression or even extended depression. Um, yes, no I, control over their mood. Right. That's no control over the brainstem. Right. So let's we bring it back to the brainstem. Right. So, for instance, you know, I find that it's uh, very helpful for me, at least, to use cold exposure. Uh, and whether that's cold showers or ice bath, uh, it has a tremendous mood elevating effect or maybe mood exactly. uh, balancing effect, depending on, on how, how we want to explain it. But for someone who is feeling depressed, what are some simple things that you would recommend that they try potentially? First, uh, get into conscious breathing, deeper breathing and uh, be consciously doing that. Uh, it showed in the university that I was able just, you know, co about consciousness, just by thinking that I was going into an experiment, I raised cell on cell level, the, the me metabolic activity in the cell were 300%, just by thinking. That's our mind. So our mind should be with people who are depressed, they just got lost. They have no control. So they have to regain 
control by consciously going into breathing. Breathing brings about deeper breathing, uh, br uh, brings about a better pH level in the body, but not only in the body, also in the mind. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the right pH level uh, uh, will make the neurotransmitters, that's your mind, uh, electrical signals finally, uh, uh, work better. And then you are able to uh, learn to direct these neurotransmitters or thoughts, the mind itself, uh, consciously with a right pH degree. So uh, we make it simple and we say conscious breathing all the time because you lost track and it takes energy, it takes your mind and it you got to bring back your mind under your control. And uh, so, I mean, this, I think, is related to a broader topic of compulsive behavior, right? Or people who yes. have uh, automatic behaviors that are not uh, serving them. And one of those is oftentimes eating or overeating. And before we started recording, you know, I asked you what you had for breakfast and you said nothing because you uh, eat once per day. So I, I, could you describe what your daily eating ritual is? I eat after six o'clock in the afternoon mm -hmm. and that's already for 35 years. And there is, I got a lot of energy. And you know why? You have uh, a lot of it, allergies. Uh, no, energy. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Got it. Maybe energy. allergies as well. Women, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, just to make fun, you know. Uh, um, I, think, I think you and I have to have wine next time we do this. <laughs> <laughs> think it's very healthy. <laughs> very good. Uh, uh, the thing is, uh, uh, by better breathing, conscious breathing, you make this chemical process in the in the cell happen, which is called aerobic dissimulation. Mm. And as uh, you know, in the cell production uh, uh, to make energy, mitochondrial energy, you need food. But if you are able to influence by better breathing, a deeper breathing then you produce simple uh, metabolic activity in the mitochondria by better breathing, and that creates energy, which was the purpose of food. So, uh, food is nice. Hello? I'm here. Oh, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Food is nice. Food is great. You should do it with a lot of love and uh, have a, a nice time making it and uh, because that's the energy you get, finally, uh, also. But... Uh, 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 like uh, me, uh, like uh, it's a sort of a fast, but I feel you, you know, the senses really get are going to be much more effective, and the cell activity is going to be much more effective, and it is using all the food. And you can eat after six o'clock. I can eat what I want. The other day, I'm slim again. And that, that's making, you know, making the body work. But right. as we eat all the day long, the body is not shutting down. It's not effective anymore. Doesn't go deep. Doesn't go into survival modus. It's not natural again. So it's beginning to store up all the fats because it doesn't know what to do anymore. Mm -hmm. Because the deeper mechanisms are not working anymore. So, yeah, and what how you, to bring that. And what do you usually, what, what are some typical meals that you have after 6 p.m.? 
that uh, uh, I like pasta. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, <laughs> and I like a couple of beers too. And uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. I uh, the eating rituals are interesting. I've I've interviewed a number of people on this podcast, including General Stanley McChrystal, who's a four star general, and he was he's also famous for. Uh, getting a lot of exercise early in the day and eating one meal per day. He's also he's also very well known for that. Uh, you you described the breathing exercise uh, or some of the breathing exercises that you do. D- does the type of breathing that you do have anything? Uh, is, is it similar in any ways to holotropic breath work? If you're familiar with that, and I. I heard from someone and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong that um, some scientists had looked at at whether you were producing or releasing more DMT during some of your uh, breathing activities is that accurate or did, did I get some misinformation from someone I'll just be very oh, no that's a professor right yeah I don't know uh, uh, Colorado I don't know where uh, uh, what is his name again I don't know he's an authority in the field mm-hmm. but I had a dialogue with him and he is talking about uh, uh, all these, you know, uh, ayahuasca and uh, all right. these drugs and all this and experimenting. And I sa- I told him, I'm able to produce, uh, to uh, trigger the pineal gland in a way that DMT is released. Uh, uh, and yes, uh, it can make people very, very happy uh, doing uh, all these breathing exercises. That, that's true, but the purpose of DMT actually is to uh, work out the subconscious while dreaming in the rapid eye movement sleep. And the other one is uh, when you die, then DMT is released as well as to make it more, uh, you know, uh, happy uh, going after. Uh, having a, have, a, have a nice time going to the other side, something like that. So there is a natural purpose for DMT. But we are uh, we are very uh, I'm very able to trigger that uh, that creates uh, DMT and I told him and I, I I told him also it's not only about the DMT which is very nice it's a nice drug and you know, all that but uh, the better part of it is if we are able to to uh, trigger the pineal gland which is related directly to the hypothalamus and the uh, pituitary gland, if we are able to trigger that one and to decalcify because of our comfort way of living uh, the, this pineal gland, then this gland is able to, to direct all the other glands. It's the only gland that is directing all the other glands and we can bring, we can neurally connect with it with our, our neocortex is what we do, and uh, it shows them that we are able to prevent from disease or bacteria coming in because it, we are able to activate it much more directly. And um, th- th- that's the main purpose to, you know, for uh, looking different at what uh, creates disease. It's because of our pineal gland or the brainstem is not really active anymore because it's neglected because of our comfort uh, style of living and behavior. And we want to make a shortcut and to show it that it is simple, accessible, and effective. Well, I think that the, the, the comfort is important 
to underscore because uh, I was having a conversation with uh, Dean Carnassus several years ago. He's a famous ultra marathoner. You guys would probably have a lot to talk about. And uh, mm. he he, uh, he ran you know fifty marathons in fifty days in fifty states. He's one of those guys. And um, he right. said that. Uh, he lives in Northern California near San Francisco where I live and he's in one of his lines and I might, I might be paraphrasing this, but he said, you know, people now they confuse being happy with being comfortable and they think being comfortable is, is being happy, but that those are not the same thing. And, yes. uh, I'd like to talk about discomfort for a second. So you ran a marathon in, was it death Valley with no water? Yes. Or- uh, thing like that, yeah, Namibia, not in Namibia. The, that's right. Even so, you, Namibia, even yes. more dangerous because you have snakes and whatnot. So, is it possible to not? So, of course, when you are submerged in ice, it's been demonstrated that you can maintain your core body temperature for a very long period of time. Uh, is it possible for you to drop your body temperature in a hot climate, or have you just? Is it training yourself to withstand the higher temperatures? Yes, exactly. Uh, both, actually. Your, your tolerance is rising, and that means uh, you are able to endure a whole lot more because you are able to influence the hormonal system in a way that neutralizes pain signals. That's one. The other one is, uh, because of my training in the cold, I not only trained in the cold, I trained to uh, endure impact of temperature. And those are receptors of ours, which I have trained. And then uh, because of that, which is part, uh, which is controlled by the hypothalamus, is the thermal regulator of our body. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I trained in the cold, I trained the thermal regulation of the body. Then without training, without training a meter of running, and then not drinking a full marathon in the Namib desert, in the heat, without prior training or ever been there before, uh, I was very able to do that because this thermoregulative uh, mechanism, the hypothalamus, I had trained in, uh, in, in the cold, which is the temperature impact. So I learned to deal with the temperature. And you know what? And not only the temperature, which is cold and heat, but also deprivation of oxygen. That means going up Mount Everest in shorts. Uh, That means uh, uh, there's a a, a very cold uh, out there. There is no oxygen, uh, and you need oxygen to uh, for combustion uh, in the in the cell to create heat uh, energy. And there is no uh, oxygen. So I learned in the cold how to deal with impact on the nervous system, on our metabolism. That means cold, deprivation of oxygen, uh, heat, but also stress, daily stress. Hmm. So uh, the secret of our comfort, as you say, and the people, uh, they are confusing, uh, like the paraphrasing this, this, this great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, of uh, no, uh, Northern California, who is telling the truth. We are confused. We don't know anymore what real comfort is. Real comfort is the power to regulate uh, all the impact existent in, in life. And that means disease, which is impact uh, on our body, 
a heat, cold, deprivation of oxygen, stress in general, any stress. And we are able to control that a whole lot more. And that brings about the real comfort. Because if you connect yourself with all these uh, all the systems within, then you feel really good. Right. Real good is real connection. And that, uh, that, that's something be, uh, going be. That's why all these outdoor freaks and idiots and etc. like myself uh, <laughs> are doing this. Because we just feel good about it. <laughs> well, it seems like it's also uh, feeling comfort is, in a way, becoming confident in discomfort, right? So you, you have a confidence that you can handle and adapt to whatever's going to come your way, uh, much like some of the, I suppose, you know, elite military that I've met who are, who are very, actually very relaxed. I mean, the most, most of the high-level guys I've met because yeah. they've systematically expose themselves to discomfort so they don't fear discomfort if that makes sense exactly uh, they control their stress hormone release completely right that's what i'm talking about now you you speak uh how, how many languages do you speak 10 10 that is a lot of languages how, how did you learn that many languages just be open and love to learn and that's it <laughs> I, I, I had no real teachers than, you know, people in the street. And sometimes I had to look for a teacher, like a Japanese teacher or, uh, uh, here in uh, Amsterdam and a Hindu teacher, a Pandit. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was just interested. If you are interested in life, you get to know. And you never stop learning because you love it. Is there, um, is, what language of all the languages you've tried, what was the hardest for you? The hardest, maybe Polish. 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 Because it's a complete different set of uh, grammatical structures. I see. Polish. Yeah, Nazdrowie. I guess I have. I bet you know that one. <laughs> yeah, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, drinking uh, beers? Come yeah, on. <laughs> I know. We, we, we definitely have to have a round two with some, with some wine and beer. But the. Um, the next question I'd love to ask is uh, perhaps a simple one, but why are people fat? Uh, and how can people develop more brown fat and use it effectively? Yes, people are uh, being fat because it's a protective mechanism of, the, of our bodies. It's actually an, an answer to, to on too much impact, too much wrong chemistry going on. So it wants to make an insulation that's a, that's a natural thing uh, to do of the body. Now, <clears throat> we are suffering from that now. It's called obesity and uh, you know, being overweight and we have no control. Just bring them back to the control. How do we do that? By, by, by this adipose, brown fat adipose. Because uh, they have a, mostly of those people have also an absence of brown fat. Because they have no stimulation anymore for a longer time. And then this insulation uh, reflex is beginning to build up and build up. But actually, this telling, hey, guy, uh, I'm trying to do my best for you, but you are not doing anything in return. And as long as you're not triggering or stimulating the adipose, the brown fat, then it, it, it succumbs. It, it goes away. And... And, and then it is not able to, uh, to uh, uh, 
uh, to divert uh, white fat into energy anymore. Right. So it's gone. With people with obesity, they have no brown fat anymore. Mm -hmm. So uh, there is a logic explanation to it, and I, I know it. So they have to bring it back. And is that and cold exposure primarily that would be the first step to try to... Cold, cold exposure, uh, not a natural exposure to the elements. That's one. In an adaptive way, gradual way, I mean, then we are able to adapt towards it. But as these mechanisms are not working really well within these people, so they have to be very, uh, you know, sensitive and, and, uh, and uh, gradual uh, going into it. And breathing. Breathing is chemistry. It's chemical, uh, uh, is influencing the chemistry right here, right now. Better breathing, deeper breathing brings about a better pH degree in the body, which then finally results in a faster metabolism. And if people are practicing this or want to practice this breathing on their own, is there any particular... Uh, mantra or anything they should focus on or say to themselves as they're doing this is any type of meditation okay to start with like using an app like headspace or calm or do you have a particular recommendation if someone said i have 10 minutes a day i'm willing to spend doing this um what would you say to them yeah just have your favorite music going on go really into it and go really into the breathing mm -hmm. because it's about chemical changes and uh, whenever you hear the right music you are able to relax more and more oxygen than is able to get into the body, which is finally changing the, the pH levels in the body uh, to, the, to its natural state. Mm -hmm. That's what we have. Uh, because we live in such a, a, you know, a compressed society, uh, uh, too much stress going on, we do not have control over the stress. We get out of our natural state. So within 10 minutes, we are, uh, I say within four minutes, just do this br uh, breathing exercise, uh, which I uh, te teach people, and do push-ups. Push-ups without air in the lungs. You should do so, that too. So you, so you do that after, uh, the, after the exhale? Yes, after the air. First, you do like 30, like I explained, deeply within, let go, deeply within. Uh, look at the indications. Uh, feeling uh, loose in the body, uh, lightheaded, uh, contractions, a little bit tingling. That's all okay. Like 30 or 40 deep breaths and then letting go 40 times. Then you will arrive at that being charged with oxygen and the CO2, carbon dioxide got away, pH level is gotten up. Then you should breathe in fully. Letting go after exhalation, you stop and you go do push-ups. And you will see you are able to do more push-ups without air in the lungs because you influenced into the chemistry. Hmm. That's and uh, probably a good idea to do on a soft surface first. <laughs> just, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you decide to kiss the floor a little too hard. Uh, no, this is something that uh, that Laird and his guys have been working on as well. I mean, a lot of these guys are working in doing push-ups or stationary bike. Um, very interesting. They have free divers that uh, yes. they sometimes work out with. It's very fascinating. Um, great. Well, I'm, I'm going to try that. I would love to switch gears just a little bit and ask you a couple of uh, rapid questions. You can certainly yes. take your time. It doesn't mean you have to answer them quickly. But uh, 
the the first is when you think of the word successful, who is the first person who comes to mind for you? The heart in any person. The heart. The heart in any person. Hmm. That 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 success. The, uh, 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 further, maybe Mandela. Nelson Mandela. Yes. And and with the heart, if someone feels like if someone doesn't feel successful, uh, what would you what would your advice be to them, or what would you what would you say to them? Yeah, just do the method. I mean, this method is shown scientifically to be able to tap into the deepest of our physiology. If somebody feels he's frustrated, it's because he is not able to tap in his or hers physiology at the deepest. Hmm. He has no control. That makes people frustrated. And we, uh, we, we mirror that with society and all that. But you've got your vehicle. If you are able to... Steer your vehicle, your body, your mind toward whatever you feel, mm-hmm. then you will be successful. And so any, fr- yes. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was just going to ask, yeah. Uh, yeah. why Nelson Mandela? Ah, yeah, he's just a good guy. He was always smiling. He loved the women. And uh, <laughs> he, he stayed like 25 years believing in his case. Right. And that makes him, for me, uh, really strong. And uh, I love people who have faith. Mm. simply because that's what I feel. And yes, I, uh, I've been uh, so, so many years neglected and uh, mocked and mocked and all, all that, but I always had my faith. Mm. And now it is science. For the same, like 20 years ago, they told me, you're crazy, you're an idiot, you're a lunatic and all that. Yes. Mm. And even my, in my family, I was the black sheep. And right now, I'm the whitest sheep ever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of hypocrisy going on in the world because people do not know. But I got my faith. I got my belief. And I want to go up till the point that we scientifically show that everybody is able to tap in its endocrine system uh, so much that depression and being unhappy and being frustrated is no longer part of humanity. Mm. It's a choice. No, this is a, this is a topic I, I think we could talk about for a long time. What is your favorite book or the book that you've given to other people the most as a gift? Whoa. I never gave so many books, <laughs> except for the books I'm writing right now. <laughs> what do you give to people as gifts? What do you like but, to give people as gifts? Oh, as stones. Stones, a lot of stuff, and natural things. Hmm. I give people natural things. Oh, oh, I collect a, a whole bunch of things, and then two months later, I'm I'm fed up with the thing, and uh, I think <laughs> this one wants to go with you. <laughs> and those are beautiful stones. When I saw them the first time, I thought, "Wow, great stone, beautiful! Oh, this uh, artifact! Oh, what great!" Wow, nice. Then two months later, it's gone, you know. <laughs> then I just gave it away. And so uh, with books, the same thing. Uh, as uh, Siddhartha. Siddhartha and yeah. Jonathan Livingston Siegel comes to my mind. Uh, 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 that's okay. In some scriptures, uh, I, I read about the Bhagavad Gita and the Bible, of course. Uh, but, uh, all these books... Uh, I was reading hundreds of books, and uh, at a certain point, I 
could not make the connection with my the deepest within myself, which was the seeker. I was soul searching, and I found it finally in the open book of the ice water, because the ice water is merciless but righteous. It brings you just within, and uh, there is no uh, uh, there, there is no chit chatting. Uh, around that, there is no philosophy. You just do it right or you do it wrong. <laughs> now, you, you've had, of course, some, some very challenging times, um, perhaps more so than many people I've, I've spoken with. You uh, had a very you know, tragic, premature death with your wife, in the, in the yes. case of your wife. Uh, what do you do to, to overcome those dark periods? Yes, very, uh, uh, very good, very interesting, very real and deep. Gone, uh, losing uh, the person you love. I have four children with her. They work with me in, uh, right now. They are like thirty-three years old, the oldest one, and uh, then two daughters and another son. And they all work with me right now. Oh, oh, actually, one is working right now at the Dutch embassy in Washington, D.C., in America. Uh, but the rest is working with me all the time. So uh, losing the love of your life, how deep can you go? And being teared apart. That was what I was experiencing uh, at the time. But then uh, I was the only person who was... Uh, 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 re, uh, who, uh, yeah, I was alone and I had to raise four kids alone and that, uh, they were like seven years old, eight years, nine years and eleven years and I had to raise them alone so I received so much love uh, of, of my kids and I did my training and as I told you uh, the, the brainstem is uh, also the area of the seat of emotion, which is the amygdala. And because of this training in the cold, I could control, silence myself and go on and always find the energy to go on and to be a father, happy and exercising and practical and uh, with my kids. And uh, they gave me a lot of love. But the thing uh, about grief and the emotion is you have to go deep because emotion is going deep. And as we live in the comfort zone, we have no control mostly over emotion. And I tell you, there is a way to uh, control the seat of uh, emotion, which is the amygdala connected to the, uh, in the area of the brainstem. So... I think this, uh, uh, not think, uh, my experience tells me discipline, discipline and believing, believing within. There is a way to silence uh, uh, grieved, broken hearts, uh, grief and, uh, and uh, hurt uh, emotions. Yes. It's, so it's, it's, it's the way I did it. And the... Um it's it's really been fascinating for me to observe uh, a number of people. I won't mention uh, some of the other names, but who have used specifically uh, exposure to the cold to, uh, I suppose, the purity of that cold and the attention that requires the sort of purity of attention that it requires to overcome very dark periods or be to act as a very strong component for 
passing through those difficult periods. It's it's just a it's a very yes. fascinating pattern that I've observed in a number of my a number of my friends. Uh, I what, recognize it. What is what is your morning? Uh, the first sixty minutes of your day look like. When do you wake up? What do you do in those first sixty minutes if you have complete control over that morning? First, I begin to conscious breathing. We consciously breathe when you wake up. Yes, and your life is all about vital force created by oxygen. <laughs> Just it's for free, and it's there. And I say it's to me. It's so it's God itself. Like pneuma, the vital right. force, Pranayama, the chi, yeah. the chi, the prana. It's all a different names of God. Uh, they tell all the uh, the the. Uh, belief systems tell that that's the vital force of any, yeah, of of life itself. Mm. So that's the that's a very logic, natural way I begin. <gasps> Just breathe. Still, la- still laying in bed. Yeah, still laying in bed, and then uh, to do, uh, doing the exercise, uh, which I explained prior uh, in this interview. Uh, is yeah is is very nice because you are still very relaxed and the body body is uh, without tension, mm. so you then are able to go tap deeply into the uh, system. And how long will you do that in bed typically? Yeah, so if I stay a half hour, something like that, before okay. I'm going into action. Could be an hour because it's never never boring. <laughs> Yeah, really what, is what, so. what would you say to someone who says, you know, actually, I find it really boring? I'm not saying that I feel that way, but if, yeah, some, no, I got if, if someone felt boring, what would you what would you advise them, or what would you tell them? It's it's once again the f- same thing as this Californian uh, great yeah, D- guy, Dean, uh, Dean, yeah, Dean Carnassus, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Dean Carnassus, uh, uh, they don't know what comfort is all about. Mm-hmm. So uh, going de- uh, just by breathing into the depth of our physiology. It's like gaining the aim of all those people going into outdoor or taking drugs or uh, uh, doing extremes or going for a rush. Now you can, are able to learn to control the depth of your physiology by just breathing properly and going into that system. And uh, boring is something uh, if you are doing things repetitiously. Mm. but not breaking through the conditioning. Right. And I, I learned people to go through the conditioning. Right. So if you have to be conscious about the activity, you can't be daydreaming. Well, it's, it seems you just have to be attentive to your breathing when you're doing something like this. Yes. Yes. Just go into it. It's like Vipassana meditation. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. You know, they sit and they just listen and, and focus on breathing. That's all. Uh, what I do, and uh, they get into a deeper layer of their brain because they are not giving their focus to something else than just mere breathing. It is so simple, but so effective. I'll try that tomorrow morning. The uh-huh. so let's say you do that for a half hour. Uh, then what do you do for the next half hour? Um, uh, nowadays, I do a lot. Uh, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, doing a lot of workshops, uh, uh, lectures, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, into science. But, yeah, uh, 
for in between, I do exercising. I like exercising. What type of exercise do you, if you had to choose one type of exercise or two types of exercise for yourself, what would you choose? Strength and flexibility. What would you do for both of those? Uh, strength, for example, stay on two arms, say four minutes. Mm-hmm. Like a plank and, or just different types of poses on two arms? Yeah, with one hand or two, a plank or uh, handstands or uh, pull-ups, push-ups, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are uh, you know power exercises or stand in a horse stance for an hour. That is sometimes uh, just to with stones in my hands and I make all kinds of Kung Fu uh, like uh, movements, just make them up. And, but you know, uh, 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 to better my acidic, uh, the acidic processes in, in my body. So I go deeply into the horse stance and uh, breathe in a way that the uh, acid is not developing in the body. Mm-hmm. So that uh, makes me control the body and uh, yeah, it feels good. And then, for flexibility, yeah, all kinds of splits and put a couple of uh, legs in my uh, behind my head. Uh, things, you know, uh, uh, do balancing uh, exercises. It's nice. Uh, I, I I maintain the body in that way. Right. What do you listen to music when you're exercising, or do you do it uh, without music? I uh, I simply have no uh, record systems, uh, but. Uh, in uh, right now, I'm uh, we, we bought a Santa, mm-hmm. so I will have my big dojo and uh, well, a cascade and all that and a swimming pool and uh, and all those things. And that I will have the right music. I make music myself. I uh, I play the guitar. I sing. Mm-hmm. I want to make a CD very soon. And uh, people like me singing, uh, doing all kinds of mantras because I, uh, you know, learned uh, about the Sanskrit and, uh, and uh, Spanish songs, uh, uh, English songs, and all kinds of songs. I, I just make up. I'm, I'm a sort of a rapper too. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to hear it. And what uh, what musician do you look up to the most? Is there a particular musician that you uh, admire that you would like to emulate or look up to? I like a lot, a lot, a lot of lounge, uh, easy music. I like Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's great. Yeah, yeah, he is. Do you have a, fa- do you have a favorite song or a favorite album? Uh, of uh, of uh, Michael Jackson? Yes. Uh, uh, my, uh, yeah, all the songs. Uh, this is it, for example. <laughs> it's a great Thriller. Team. Oh, yeah, great. Thriller team. is great. <laughs> and he, his voice is mesmeric. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, Yes, so I I I I uh, gave my son uh, the, uh, his name, which is Michael, which is one of my sons. So uh, things like that, but also Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. also Gypsy Kings, you know, the, oh, flamenco, yeah. mm-hmm. flamenco, and all the good music. And there's a lot of good music uh, going on, and uh, yes, well, I can't wait to visit the uh, the center. Is that going to be in Holland? Yes. Okay. It's, uh, for now, it's in Holland. I was looking at, to make a center in uh, near San Francisco as well. I got some very good friends over there. You should. Uh, you should. You should come out. Maybe we'll do a workshop, and I can introduce you to. Uh, I'll invite Dean as well. You could meet Dean. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. He would love. Yeah. To, he, he would love to meet you. I'm sure. The um, 
just a few more questions. I want to be obviously respectful of your time. What, uh, what purchase in the last, you know, six months or a year of less than $100? So something you bought for less than $100 has most positively impacted your life. Uh, stones. Stones. I love Always these stones. stones. I want to talk about stones. <laughs> so, so how do you find these stones and what makes you pick one? Do you have any favorites? I always take uh, uh, stones out, uh, whatever touches my, meets the eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I take them from the mountains I climb. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also like these, you know, uh, amethysts and uh, opals and uh, all kinds of, you know, beautiful stones with beautiful colors. Mm-hmm. I like them. But, uh, yeah, I always take stones from the uh, – uh, I just found a big fossil – in the in the Spanish Pyrenees, mm-hmm. you know, big 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 means like two three kilos. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a big big fossil, yeah. Yeah, a, a fossil, and uh, and I, I couldn't uh, get it down because I was there with a group. That I had the, I had no uh, backpack. I had to uh, carry the the ropes because we were doing canyoning right. and all that. So, but uh, there was a girl from uh, Austin, Texas, Austin, Elizabeth Lee, and she had a backpack, and she uh, she carried it there for it's me. A, it's a good friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love her so much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the what what effect do and did you do you put that in your kitchen? Where do you put such a uh, such a stone, and what effect does it have on you? Uh, everywhere they they have a solid effect. They are simply there. And they are beautiful, and I always pass them on to other people, mm-hmm. except for the big ones. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, what advice would you give your 30-year-old self? My 30 uh, <clears throat> just have faith. Just have faith. Faith, faith. yes. That, that, and, that, that, what, what type of faith? That things will work out? That things will be okay? Say, uh, uh, simple logic. Have simple logic. And understand the things simply and and listen to your feeling. Mm. Listen to your feeling. Your feeling, uh, it knows, it it is simply sense making. And that, uh, if you are uh, uh, letting it in your way of thinking, then never lose track of whatever makes sense, which is feeling, which is instinct and intuition. Right. Right. This is something I've been trying to work on a lot because it's easy for me at least to get trapped in my neocortex, to get trapped exactly. in the front of my brain where I can make pro and con lists. But uh, the answer is so obvious sometimes because you know that something's wrong or you know that someone isn't a good fit or you don't trust someone just like yeah, you have that feeling like a dog where you immediately exactly. either like or dislike something. Yes. So it's, I've been trying to train myself to go back to that simplicity. It's... Um, Making sense. It can be challenging. Yeah. The uh, so it's one or two more questions. The if if you could have one billboard, one huge sign anywhere with anything on it, uh, what would it say, and where would you put it? I would say, uh, breathe, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) So you could put that on like a busy highway. You could put that on like Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles, or yeah, maybe uh, breathe. Um, I don't know the way they understand it, but it's really meant lovable. Right. right. It's really yeah. meant 
you know, with strength. It is the answer to the up till the DNA itself. And it's not me telling that anymore because of the blood results. Professors have confirmed that we are in the middle of DNA. And what is the trigger? Breathing. So this is uh, so you could you could have it say breathe breathe motherfucker with then a smiley yes. a smiley face like a smiley yeah. emoticon that'd be perfect. <laughs> yes. So uh, we got a T-shirt. It says on the front freeze. <laughs> you know it's about the cold and, uh, and that the other side is breathe motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, well, you and I need to hang out more. I uh, this, is, this, this has been great. Uh, of course, everybody listening, I'm going to put uh, tons of links in the show notes. You should check out Iceman Wim Hof, W-I-M-H-O-F. Uh, definitely check out Wim Hof Method, and I'll link to that in the show notes, uh, which is a 10-week online video course, which a, a bunch of people whose names you would know uh, are using right now. It's very, very interesting. And there are a bunch of documentaries and links to the textbooks I will include as well. Um, Wim, do you have any last uh, requests or asks of my audience? There, there are a lot of people who will be hearing this. If you could ask them all to do something um, besides check out the courses and so on, what, what would you ask them to do? Something they could do when they hear this or after they hear it? Yeah, just pass on... Uh, uh, uh breathe that's one and take a cold shower after a a, a hot one and just get into the science of this all it is non-speculative and for the rest i just love you guys (laughs) well when this is wonderful everybody listening i will link to all these things you can find wim on twitter at iceman underscore hoff h-o-f and i'll link to that instagram same iceman underscore hoff Facebook is uh, facebook.com forward slash becoming the Iceman. And uh, Wim, thank you so much for taking the time. This was a blast. Thank you very much. I, I hear a soulmate. I thank you very much. I love you very much. Greetings to uh, Ray Cronas. Definitely. If you talk to him, be, I will uh, mail him uh, also. He loves you and uh, he loves your work. He loves my work. You know, we like to work to make love happen. Definitely. Well, uh, we will uh, we'll play some guitar and have some wine, and you can. Uh, oh yeah, I, I would love nice. to, I would love to get into some shorts and uh, and freeze my ass off and breathe at some point right up in right <laughs> up in the mountains. That would be uh, that'd be great. So uh, until next time, thank you everybody for listening, and Wim, thanks so much. Great, thank you very much too. Hey guys, this is Tim again. Just a few more things before you take off. Number one, this is Five Bullet Friday. Do you want to get a short email from me? Would you enjoy getting a short email from me every Friday that provides a little morsel of fun before the weekend? And Five Bullet Friday is a very short email where I share the coolest things I've found or that I've been pondering over the week. That could include favorite new albums that I've discovered. It could include gizmos and gadgets and all sorts of weird shit that I've somehow dug 
look up in the uh, the world of the esoteric as I do. It could include favorite articles that I've read and that I've shared with my close friends, for instance. And it's very short. It's just a little tiny bite of goodness before you head off for the weekend. So if you want to receive that, check it out. Just go to fourhourworkweek.com. That's fourhourworkweek.com, all spelled out, and just drop in your email, and you will get the very next one. And if you sign up, I hope you enjoy it. 